0: the scarlet pimpernel chapter 5 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the scarlet pimpernel by baroness emma orsey chapter 5 marguerite in a moment the pleasant oak-rafted coffee-room of the inn became the scene of hopeless confusion and discomfort at the first announcement made by the staple boy lord antony with a fashionable oath had jumped up from his seat and was now giving many and confused directions to poor bewildered Jellybrand, who seemed at his wits end what to do for goodness sake man admonished his lordship try to keep lady blakeney talking outside for a moment while the ladies withdraw sounds he added with a more emphatic oath this is most unfortunate quick sally the candles shouted Jellybrand as hopping about from one leg to another he ran hither and thither adding to the general discomfort of everybody the comtesse too had risen to her feet rigid and erect trying to hide her excitement beneath more becoming sang-froid she repeated mechanically
1: i will not see her i will not see her
0: outside the excitement attended upon the arrival of very important guests grew apace
1: good day sir percy good day to your ladyship your servant sir percy
0: was heard in one long-continued chorus with alternate more feeble tones of
1: remember the poor blind man of your charity lady and gentleman then suddenly a singularly sweet voice was heard through all the din let the poor man be and give him some supper at my expense the voice was
0: low and musical with a slight sing-song in it and a faint sousson of foreign intonation in the pronunciation of the consonants every one in the coffee-room heard it and paused instinctively listening to it for a moment sally was holding the candles by the opposite door which led to the bedrooms upstairs and the comtesse was in the act of beating a hasty retreat before that enemy who owned such a sweet musical voice suzanne reluctantly was preparing to follow her mother while casting regretful glances toward the door where she hoped still to see her dearly beloved erstwhile schoolfellow then jellyband threw open the door still stupidly and blindly hoping to avert the catastrophe which she felt was in the air and the same low musical voice said with a merry laugh and mock consternation
1: "'I'm as wet as a herring. "'Dieu, has anyone ever seen such a contemptible climate?' "'Suzanne, come with me at once. "'I wish it,' said the comtesse peremptorily. "'Oh, mamma,"
0: pleaded Suzanne. "'My lady, uh, um, my lady,' "'came in feeble accents from Jellyband, "'who stood clumsily trying to bar the way.
1: "'Pardieu, my good man,'
0: said Lady Blackney with some impatience,
1: "'what are you standing in my way for, "'dancing about like a turkey with a sore foot?' let me get to the fire i am perished with the cold
0: and the next moment lady blakeney gently pushing mine host to one side had swept into the coffee-room there are many portraits and miniatures extant of marguerite st just lady blakeney as she was then but it is doubtful if any of these really do her singular beauty justice tall above the average with magnificent presence and regal figure it is small wonder that even the comtesse paused for a moment in involuntary admiration before turning her back on so fascinating an apparition marguerite blakeney was then scarcely five-and-twenty and and her beauty was at its most dazzling stage the large hat with its undulating and waving plumes threw a soft shadow across the classic brow with the aureole of auburn hair free at the moment of any powder the sweet almost childlike mouth the straight chiselled nose round chin and delicate throat all seemed set off by the picturesque costume of the period the rich blue velvet robe moulded in its every line the graceful contour of the figure whilst one tiny hand held with a dignity all its own the tall stick adorned with a bunch of ribbons which fashionable ladies of the period had taken to carrying recently with a quick glance all around the room marguerite blakeney had taken stock of every one there she nodded pleasantly to sir andrew Fox, whilst extending a hand to lord antony
1: hello my lord tony why what are you doing here in dover
0: she said merrily then without waiting for a reply she turned and faced the comtesse and suzanne her whole face lighted up with additional brightness as she stretched out both arms towards the young girl
1: why if that isn't my little suzanne over there pardieu little citizeness how came you to be in england and madame too
0: she went up effusive to them both with not a single touch of embarrassment in her manner or in her smile lord tony and sir andrew watched the little scene with eager apprehension English though they were, they had often been in France, and had mixed sufficiently with the French to realize the unbending hauteur, the bitter hatred which with the old noblesse of France viewed all those who had helped contribute to their downfall. Armand St. Just, the brother of beautiful Lady Blakeney, though known to hold moderate and conciliatory views, was an ardent Republican. His feud with the ancient family of Sincere, the rights and wrongs of which no outsider ever knew, had culminated in the downfall, the almost total extinction of the latter in france st Just and his party had triumphed and here in england face to face with these three refugees driven from their country flying for their lives bereft of all which centuries of luxury had given them there stood a fair sign of those same republican families which had hurled down a throne and uprooted an aristocracy whose origin was lost in the dim and distant vista of bygone centuries she stood there before them in all the unconscious insolence of beauty and stretched out her dainty hand to them as if she would by that one act bridge over the conflict and bloodshed of the past decade
1: susan i forbid you to speak to that woman
0: said the comtesse sternly as she placed a restraining hand upon her daughter's arm she had spoken in english so that all might hear and understand the two young english gentlemen as well as the common innkeeper and his daughter the latter literally gasped with horror at this foreign insolence this impudence before her ladyship who was english now that she was sir percy's wife and a friend of the princess of wales to boot as for lord antony and sir andrew fox their very hearts seemed to stand still with horror at this gratuitous insult one of them uttered an exclamation of appeal, the other one of warning, and instinctively both glanced hurriedly towards the door, whence a slow, drawly, not unpleasant voice had already been heard. Alone among those present, Marguerite Blakeney and the Comtesse de Tournay had remained seemingly unmoved. The latter, rigid, erect, and defiant, with one hand still upon her daughter's arm, seemed the very personification of unbending pride. For the moment Marguerite's sweet face had become as white as a soft fichu which swathed her throat and a very keen observer might have noted that the hand which held the tall beribbon stick was clenched and trembled somewhat but this was only momentary the next instant the delicate eyebrows were raised slightly the lips curved sarcastically upwards the clear blue eyes looked straight at the rigid comtesse and with a slight shrug of the shoulders
1: hoity-toity citizeness
0: she said gaily
1: what fly-stings you pray we are in england now madame
0: rejoined the comtesse coldly
1: and i am at liberty to forbid my daughter to touch your hand in friendship come suzanne
0: she beckoned to her daughter, and without another look at Marguerite Blakeney, but with a deep old-fashioned curtsey to the two young men, she sailed majestically out of the room. There was silence in the old inn-parlour for a moment, as the rustle of the Comtesse's skirts died away down the passage. Marguerite, rigid as a statue, followed with hard-set eyes the upright figure as it disappeared through the doorway. But as little Suzanne, humble and obedient, was about to follow her mother, the hard-set expression suddenly vanished, and a wistful, almost pathetic and childlike look, stolen to lady blakeney's eyes little suzanne caught that look the child's sweet nature went out to the beautiful woman scarcely older than herself filial obedience vanished before girlish sympathy at the door she turned ran back to marguerite and putting her arms around her kissed her effusively then only did she follow her mother sally bringing up the rear with the final curtsy to my lady suzanne's sweet and dainty impulse had relieved the unpleasant tension sir andrew's eyes followed the pretty little figure until it had quite disappeared then they met lady blakeney's with unassumed merriment marguerite with dainty affection had kissed her hand to the ladies as they disappeared through the door then a humorous smile began hovering round the corners of her mouth
1: so that's it is it
0: she said gaily
1: sir andrew did you ever see such an unpleasant person i hope when i grow old i shan't look like that
0: she gathered up her skirts and assuming a majestic gait stalked towards the fireplace suzanne she said mimicking the comtesse's voice
1: i forbid you to speak to that woman
0: the laugh which accompanied this sally sounded perhaps a trifle forced and hard but neither sir andrew nor lord tony were very keen observers the mimicry was so perfect and the tone of voice so accurately reproduced that both the young men joined in a hearty cheerful bravo bravo ah lady blakeney added lord tony how they must miss you at the comédie francaise and how the parisians must hate sir percy for having taken you
1: away man,"
0: rejoined marguerite with a shrug of her graceful shoulders
1: tis impossible to hate sir percy for anything his witty sallies would disarm even madame la comtesse herself
0: the young Vicomte, who had not elected to follow his mother in her dignified exit now made a step forward ready to champion the comtesse should lady blakeney aim any further shafts at her but before he could utter a preliminary word of protest a pleasant though distinctly inane laugh was heard from outside and the next moment an unusually tall and very richly dressed figure appeared in the doorway. End of chapter 5